Hello and welcome to Caveman's Corner. You're here with your host, Jeff, Captain Caveman Dens, coming to you live from the Caveman Studios in North Buffalo. Um, I'm not really sure where Ray is. He's supposed to be here. He's not here right now. Um, he may come in in the middle of this uh, podcast because, really, he's not so good with time. You know, I'm, I don't pay him, so those Mexicans, they just come in whenever they want. But uh, today I'm going to have a super special guest on the phone, and it's going to be a great interview. We've had her on in the past. She was one of our highest rated interviews for a long time until we had James Tony on, and he blew the, the doors off of what we consider a successful podcast, you know, three, 4,000 views. And now we're going to have Ashley Letourneau back on, the bikini girl, probably the most beautiful woman we've ever had on a podcast, you know, excluding my wife, of course. And we're going to bring it to you right now. Hello? Ashley Eternal, welcome back to Caveman's Corner. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, it's been a really long time since we talked. What's been going on? Oh, just busy, 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 working all the time. <laughs> I've been watching you on Facebook. I see how busy you are all the time, but I've seen that you signed a new fight, so I wanted to get a hold of you. February 2nd, you're fighting the Montreal Fight League against Kat Ver- Vernova. Is that how you say her name? Honestly, I, I'm not too sure. <laughs> 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 she's not as pretty as you I, I took a look at her I don't see any pro MMA fights but uh, she's got a lot of Muay Thai she does yeah I think uh, we're pretty even matched up um, like I said I've only had uh, one pro MMA fight but that's probably the only thing that I have that's a little bit higher than her she's got lots of Muay Thai experience and we're pretty equal when it comes to <laughs> How often has she fought MMA? I was looking at her up. Uh, like it's hard for us to find out about Canadian fighters. I'm not really sure where to go to look that up. But uh, it looks like she's only had like three fights, and none of them are uh, MMA fights. It's hard to tell um, how many MMA fights she's actually um, had. I think she's had she's had a couple MMA fights, and then a lot of Muay um, Thai fights, and then she's done a couple boxing fights as well. I've seen some videos of her training and fighting. She looks pretty vicious. Not as slick as you though. <laughs> What weight are you guys going to be fighting at? Uh, we're going to be fighting at 120, so I've definitely moved up pretty heavy. <laughs> Is that something that you want to do? I know uh, we were talking a while back that um, making 115, you felt small fighting for TKO. I did, yes. It, it was a huge upgrade at that point in my life. Um, now that I, I've made a lot of different changes in my life, and I've gained a lot of weight, and I'm starting to cut the weight back down so that was another push to go back to amateur just because there wasn't any girls my size um for professional MMA here in Canada where I was signed in Montreal so when I decided to go back to amateur um I just kind of decided you know what I'm just going to get out there and do it and I'm going to slowly lose the weight and get back to where I'm comfortable fighting again and then hopefully by that time I can find some girls that are professional in my area, or hopefully a victim at that point. Right. Um, so yeah. did, did you put the weight on, like, a healthy weight on, or did you put the weight on because you were working so much? I see how much you're doing with your uh, diamond cleanings. It was definitely an unhealthy weight gain, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I focused a lot on jujitsu, and I haven't really been striking at all in the past year. Um, so it, it was it, jiu-jitsu does not keep you in the same shape as 
kickboxing does. At least like that's what my body was used to. And um, I made a bunch of the other changes, like medical changes and stuff. And at that point, I just kind of like gained a bunch of weight. So now I'm trying to slowly like lose the weight. And I figured if I was passionate about fighting, I might as well try to dive in there and do something that I'm going to have goals set in mind to do that's going to help me lose the weight. Sounds like Steve's a good cook. Sorry? It sounds like Steve's a good cook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he made Christmas dinner. <laughs> Uh-oh. So uh, you fought for TKO, and it sounded like you were having a hard time getting more fights for TKO. Was that an organizational thing, or was that like you were just talking about it's hard to find girls at your weight to fight? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. There, There's not a lot of girls that were signed, and then they had all of us kind of crammed into the 115 category, and we were all at different skill levels. We were all at different weight classes. So they're starting to slowly kind of, like, divide us and put us into, like, normal categories. But, like, at this time, like, my contract is up um, tomorrow, literally. And, um, yeah, that was a big push for me is that, like, I knew I had gained this weight. And I gained all the weight originally so I could fight at 115. And then it just became unhealthy after that point. <laughs> um, and then that was another thing that I just... I wanted to fight again for um, professional, but I wanted to do it again at 105. So that's definitely my goal this year is to start fighting again and to, like, cut down on my weight. Well, I guess this is a good first step. 120 pounds pretty yeah. big, though. Holy cow. I think I could get down to that. <laughs> maybe. Sorry? <laughs> I think I could get down to 120, maybe. Oh. <laughs> no. I'm pretty good. Like, I'm sitting at 125 right now, so I only have five pounds to go for the, the end of the month, so. Well, you, you got a lot of fame uh, early in your MMA career for being a bikini contestant. Uh, yes, has the bikini all... doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't fit anymore? How about... <laughs> no. <laughs> Ray was supposed to knit you one or something, remember? And uh... I know. He never made it for me. Yeah, he never even made it in for this interview. He's like, oh, I'll be there by four. Ray's not very good at with time, so he'll probably show up sometime <laughs> in the middle of this interview or maybe after it's over. Four o'clock for oh. I should have told him like three o'clock, so he'd have been here by five. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's knitting me a bikini. That's what's taking so long. Yeah, I thought he was gonna make some <laughs> coconuts or remember he was talking some crazy stuff. <laughs> I think so too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that one will fit you because Ray's a pretty big guy. He'd probably test it on himself. <laughs> Most likely, yes. <laughs> So it sounds like you had a lot of changes since last time we talked. Last time we talked, you're training with Jay Kelly um, up in Kingston, and a lot of stuff has changed. Can you walk me through what's been going on in your life? Yeah, um, so that was probably like most of my unhealthy weight gain that came from there. When my team at Diamond MMA, we kind of all fell apart and started going our own separate ways and it happened like right when I first turned professional as well and it, that was probably like the hardest breakup of my life like not romantically by any means just like we were a team and we were a very good team and the fact that that fell apart it really sent me into like a depression and that I didn't really know like how to do it without them so it's been a very long road that I've been on to try to get myself back to where I was happy and doing what I love. I could tell there there was a little bit of friction when I came down for that show that you guys put on and just the way it was running and everything with uh, you and Jay and the way you guys were interacting. I could tell, like, man, there wasn't much yeah. left in that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah, it was, yeah, just Megan and Jay were, like, 
they they were dating and they were they were separating. So with the whole like gym and everything, that was like a divorce all on their own kind of thing. So that had a lot of friction with our team and like all of us tried to work together and make it the best that we could. Um, and then their one coach, when he had left and went to a place in Belleville. Um, and then, yeah, that's basically just all kind of unraveled at that point. <laughs> Sounds like a tough breakup. So how did you end up where you're at now and where are you now? So I'm in, okay, I live in Wendover, but I originally moved up here to Hawkesbury to be with my, my boyfriend. He's up in this area. And so I'm about 35 minutes of east, no, yeah, east of Ottawa. For us Americans, how far away is that from the border? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know Amanda was planning on coming up here, Amanda Rogers, and it would take her about eight hours to get from Buffalo to me. Damn. That's a lot of... <laughs> yeah, I know. I am on, like, the other side now. <laughs> That's a I used to be able to get to Buffalo in about five hours. Yeah, I remember we came up and trained at her gym a couple of times. It was pretty sweet. But uh, eight hours is a long time for some uh, shenanigans for you, too. I know yes. uh, I know she's a little wild. We've had her on the podcast quite a I bit. Know. We learned all about yes. Pornhub and tentacle porn. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you guys yeah. have a lot she's of crazy stories. Crazy. Oh, yeah, we're crazy. I remember when she came up last time, uh, we ended up getting kicked out of a Denny's. (laughs) (laughs) You sent me pictures of her, like, sleeping at that Denny's. Yes, yes, I did, yeah. She was was throwing her money at the the waitress, telling her to dance, dance, lady. (laughs) Shortly after that, we were were out of there. (laughs) Jeez. You got to be careful with her, eh? I know. She's crazy. So but always uh, a good time. <laughs> like her, she is uh, dating Gray Hendershot now, a super awesome uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor. I had him on a podcast mm-hmm. too. And, dude, he is a handsome man. He's got perfect hair. I just, I got to yeah. say, his hair is just amazing. Yeah, best hair Aww. in jiu-jitsu for sure. And he's pretty jacked too <laughs> on top of that. And he's beat me uh, a bunch of times too, that jerk. He's not a very nice guy. He keeps submitting me. Um, yeah, he's oh, really no. good. The same thing happened to you. Your boyfriend trains jujitsu a lot too. So, how does that help you in your training? Yeah. Uh, it's really good. He's always showing me tips and tricks and stuff to do. Um, like I said, I've really just been focusing on jujitsu for the past year. So that's really because that was my weakest point, and I figured if I wasn't going to get any fights, that was what I wanted to focus on for the year. So yeah, it's, it's been great. Steve's been helping me. The gym that he introduced me to is Perrier um, Jujitsu and Kickboxing. Um, I don't know if you know of Johnny, if he's a pretty famous Canadian kickboxer, um, but it's kind of like his branch, and John Terrier is like the owner of the whole Terrier school. But I think there's there's at least 10 of them. Like, they have a gym over in France and everything. Like it's a huge, huge line of uh, gyms that they have. Sounds amazing. Uh, have you belted up since uh, last time we talked? Sorry? Have you belted up? Have you gone on the blue belt since last time we uh, we Oh, talked? no. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done that. Um, I'm hoping to do that this year for sure. Uh, I'm a two-stripe white belt, and I just missed my last grading that I had. So um, I'm hoping this year that I'll be able to get a blue belt for sure. <laughs> How do you feel on the ground? You had, uh, I would say, some unorthodox uh, jiu-jitsu techniques in the fight I seen you have with uh, Laura Nizzle in uh, TNT. Yeah, so I, I was a wrestler in high school, so I'm very, like, I learned 
jujitsu from an MMA standpoint. So I, I do some pretty crazy, stupid things that I don't even know that I'm doing half the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I find when I roll with white belts, it works perfectly. But the minute that I, I start rolling with some higher level belts, I'm like, oh, man, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so... For sure. And normally when uh, the commentator says unorthodox, it usually means it's really not too good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I do some, like, stupid things sometimes. And it all, like, I'll, the only way I know how to get out of a guard is by putting myself into a triangle, and then I will stack them, and then I, like, throw their legs over my head. So if I'm with a white belt, like, I can always get out of a guard. I know that I, know that I can just give them the triangle and they get really excited about it and then I can get out of it but when I go to do it against somebody who like knows what they're doing I always get choked out and I just haven't figured out how to get past a guard any other way <laughs> <laughs> well there's there's a lot of ways to do it but they're all very tough against uh, skilled opponent and you're small too so it's tough to open up the guards as a big guys if you're rolling big guys true Yes. <laughs> the good thing is you're gonna be fighting. The good thing is you're gonna be fighting MMA, so you can just make good posture and rain down punches. That usually opens up the guard pretty yeah, well too. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like doing that. <laughs> That's my other way of getting out of it. <laughs> so the last time you fought it was January thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. You're not gonna fight till February. That's two years off. Think you're gonna uh, yeah. have any ring rust? Um, I definitely think so. Um, I know when I fought Niz, that was. Um, again, my problem is that was with ring rust. It was a two-year break again before I jumped in the ring. So I'm just kind of going to go in there as calm, cool, and collective as I can and figure it out as I go. <laughs> I don't want to try to stress myself out too much because I know that I'm, I'm definitely rusty and I definitely need to get back into it. And I know that first round I'm, I'm going to be anxious, and, but once the punches start to fly, that I know it's going to be okay <laughs> just want to give you a little reassurance i came back this year after four years off and uh i came out with a four second knockout i felt like my timing's never been better when i was in the cage i saw everything it was nice. like in slow motion and uh i'm, I'm not really <laughs> sure i blink believe in ring rust i think um usually if there's ring rust it's because you haven't been training the whole time and uh, it sounds like you've been on a mat at least the whole time so i think you should be all right when you get in there yeah, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. You you competed in jujitsu since then too, right? I have, yeah. So I competed with. This is where like you can totally tell like my jujitsu skills. Like when I'm with white belts in a gi, like I I suck so bad in a gi. Like I always panic. People grab my sleeves, and I just I can't figure it out. But where <laughs> when I'm in no gi, when I'm in no gi, I'm comfortable, and that's like where I've started my MMA career because like. I started, like, or sorry, my jiu-jitsu career because I started it from an MMA standpoint. So I'm very, like, comfortable in that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I myself prefer the gi, which is weird because I started wrestling and I started uh, MMA too, and then I got into jiu-jitsu. But uh, I love the gi. It's, it's so much more technical. And uh, for I'm a smaller guy, man. I'm always rolling with these giant guys. So eventually yeah. you're going to love the gi because it's going to let you um, – do stuff to these bigger guys that you couldn't do if you were a nogi. Mm, okay. <laughs> it'll come. I'm right, telling you, yeah. it'll come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> do you guys roll at home, you and Steve? We have jujitsu mats downstairs, and like we have wrestling dummies and stuff. So we do train downstairs like quite a bit, but well, not really quite a bit. On and off, like we're <laughs> always like normally drive into um, 
Perrier, which is just like 30 minutes up the road. So yeah. it's not too, too far away from our gym. So it's better. We have more space and more people there. <laughs> Probably gets a little rough at home too. I know sometimes I roll with my wife a little bit and sometimes it's, uh, it's not as, uh, nice as it would be as if we're rolling at the gym. <laughs> True, yes. Yeah, you didn't do the dishes <laughs> we do, today, right? We do yeah. get in some, yeah, we get in some <laughs> heated arguments sometimes. And just training with a spouse just doesn't work very often. Right. <laughs> it's not domestic abuse if it's happening on the mat. That's all, the, that's all yes, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was read on Facebook that this whole change all happened because of a car accident. Can you uh, allude on that a little bit? Yeah, so I was in, like, a really major car accident as well. That was another thing. Like, it was just one thing after another that kept uh, setting me back. And that was, like, really, like, forced a lot of changes in my life. But um, I was in a car accident. It was a year and a half ago now, and my car was absolutely totaled. And that was another reason where I ended up moving up here with my boyfriend because I was able to get work here in Ottawa and could uber it back and forth and it was easier than going right out and buying a car again man that's rough yeah because <laughs> of the crazy canadian ice and snow no it was in the middle of summer this oh lady man <laughs> literally ran a red light and she t-boned me <laughs> damn that's terrible yeah so i want to get into your diamond cleaning a little bit i know this has been a, a big thing in your life and i want to make sure we give it a little exposure on the podcast so tell me all about what do you do about your cleaning services? I do residential and commercial cleaning, mostly residential. Um, I also do like new mommy packages. So for moms who just became new moms, they go in. It's like a three-month package, so you always have someone coming in every week to clean for you. But it's mostly residential cleaning, and I just yeah, I just keep going house to house and cleaning my life away. <laughs> It sounds it's been, like. Um, go ahead. Sorry. I said go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Oh, okay. It's it's definitely like cleaning has always been my my backup plan. So I I really wanted to grow my cleaning company as best as I could while my MMA career was kind of on hold. So that way, when I start competing again, I can slowly start figuring out how to balance the two of them. And later on, when I'm ready to retire, I'll have another career that I can focus on. It sounds like you That's got. Always it. In my plan. it sounds like you got going on like fierce right now. Every time I read your Facebook, it's like oh, I've been cleaning all day, thirteen hours of cleaning, thirteen hours of cleaning, and I see the yes. list you make. <laughs> it is. It's it's crazy. Some days, like especially here for Ottawa, like it's just myself, and I'm cleaning about an hour radius both directions. So I'm doing it all myself, and then I have my team in Kingston still. So I have five employees there that are cleaning for me. So. I'm slowly trying to cover all of Ontario. I'm hoping I can do a team in Brockville this year, which will kind of close that gap for me, and it'll be good. <laughs> Are you still looking for people? I am, yes. <laughs> so if someone's looking to uh, clean some houses for you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, best, best place would be uh, the Diamond, um, Diamond Cleaning Facebook page, or you can go to the Diamond Cleaning Ontario website and you'll be able to just get in contact with me there my email and everything hooked up and you got to be a good person i see all her requirements to clean the houses she's pretty stringent so uh yes. if you got <laughs> you some have bad a valid driver's license a valid police check <laughs> my company is fully licensed insured and bonded so i've done really good with making sure all my t's are crossed and i's are dotted so if you're listening to this podcast you probably can't work for ashley i'm sorry guys 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> a lot of them are main people. <laughs> yeah. No one I know. <laughs> they're all not the best people in the world, but they're they're good on the inside, but they've not always been good. They're loyal. They're loyal people, but <laughs> for sure. I uh I see that you have another new hobby. Can you uh tell us a little bit about the axe throwing? Yeah, so axe throwing is just like it's my fifty percent job. It's my guaranteed money job and it's honestly it's a super fun job and it's a good stress reliever as well. Um, but, yeah, so I work at Bad Axe Rowing here in Ottawa. Um, and, yeah, it's a really fun job. I get to host parties, so bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, um, birthday parties, all sorts of things. It's like a two-hour time slot, and I just host parties. I teach people how to throw axes. And, yeah, it's pretty fun. How uh, how good are you at throwing the axe? I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm definitely getting better. <laughs> Sounds like Steve better look out when you guys have the domestics. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I have, um, I've mastered like three of the throws and I'm trying to like learn a bunch of fancy trick shots, but I'm okay at it. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so when you throw it, are you supposed to use a double overhand? Like when you launch it, like, uh, the barbarians? <laughs> like the barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you would start with a double overhand, like your dominant leg is going to be forward. And then you would like step across with your non-dominant and throw. That's like the double hand, both hands up and over. And then you would move on to a single hand throw which is going to be the same thing, your dominant leg forward, and then you would just step in and throw. And then the other one is like a trick shot where you hold the axe upside down, and it's kind of just like bowling. You bring bring it back, step through with the non-dominant, and throw in. Man, that sounds complicated. Axe throwing is becoming a huge <laughs> thing. Um, it's big it over is, here in actually. Buffalo, too. Yeah, nice. They just had um, – it's actually on ESPN now. It's, it's called – it's like a, a legitimate sport. Um, you can probably go on ESPN and watch it for um like all the replays it was just in chicago a couple weeks ago and somebody went home with one thousand or no five thousand dollars sorry wow that's pretty sweet i'm gonna yeah. have, i'm gonna have to get ray and we're gonna go axe throwing and we're gonna videotape it for you <laughs> absolutely yeah you guys are pretty close too you could probably go to bad axe like right across the border in canada yeah we could definitely do that if Ray can get across, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want to go across oh, no. the border with Ray. We're going to take separate cars, so when well. he gets caught with the hooker in the trunk, I don't go to jail, oh, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know what? There's a bunch. There's 23 locations for our bad acts, so you can probably find one in the States as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll go to the States with him. I'm a little scared to go across the border with him, and I might be waiting a long time in Canada, too, when he gets stuck up there. Oh, no. <laughs> too funny. Yeah, he's a good guy. He got but uh, he's got some, I don't know, some scary skeletons in the closet, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you happen to catch uh, the UFC uh, this uh, last uh, night? I was actually, I was working last night, but I did catch the highlights this morning. I'm, like, I'm blown away by Amanda Nunes. Like, I, I can't believe, like, she must hit, like, a truck. Like, I've seen those punches that they were throwing, and for her to, like, hit Cyborg like that, like, I was really shocked that Cyborg went down. Me too. And, and then, yeah. Yeah, then Kat with her, with the toenail or whatever it was, and the eyeball, that was like, whew, that was... <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about I think that should be no contest. I think so, too, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I believe it should be a no contest because it was, like, an injury, obviously, due to, um, like... Illegal eye poke. Somebody didn't check, right? Like, yeah, somebody didn't check <laughs> the toenail aspect, right? So. For sure, I've never had. No one ever looked at my toenails before I get in a cage. To be honest with you, I right? mean, they, they check your yeah, fingernails, exactly. but not your toenails. Mm -hmm. 
And that's crazy. And it's like went right in her eye. The video replay definitely shows it. And they're allowed to use a replay in California too. So I don't know. I think that one should be a no contest. I mean, a poke with a toe is the same as a poke with a finger, I would imagine. Yeah, I, w- I would assume, yes. <laughs> and it's like, it's a pretty nasty, like, gouge. It's not like a tiny little cut. Like, I'm pretty sure they, like, went through her eye and, like, it's her. You can see in some of the photos, like, her eyeball underneath is, like, cut. Yeah, you can't fight with it. I'm, to yeah. anyone that's never been poked in the eye, just getting a regular poke in the eye is devastating. Yes. Um, yes. Getting a poke like that has got to be just on it. You can't perform. It just shuts your body down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know that she, I read somewhere that she was, um, like, she was she was worried that she ruptured something in her eye. Like, so she was, like, already done. So from a mental standpoint, like, when you think, oh, my God, like, I can't see anymore, like, your brain shuts off and you're like, you don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> so there's only a few certain injuries that make you react like that too like if you break an arm or a leg or your hand you're you're more than likely going to keep going but your eyes are really really important and if you get hit in the exactly. eye that's that's the end of it <laughs> do you think that this was a i'm just laughing because i just imagined getting poked in the eye and uh um, there's this girl at our gym uh dusty rose uh she's a boyfriend's one of the black belt and the first time i rolled her she stuck her fingernail right in my eye and that's exactly oh. what i imagined right when we we're laughing about the um the the thumb poke so it's it's hard to not laugh about it, but she's vicious. You guys should roll sometime. We got a lot of good girls yeah, in the gym nice. now. Yeah, nice. I'll have to bring Steve down to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. You guys should come down. And there's a lot of guys that train. Like we got six black belts now, so we're doing uh, nice. we're doing well. Yeah. Who are you guys under? Like, because I know only Terry is under like Gringo. Yeah, we're under Alliance, like Jacques and Alliance. Okay. We don't care about that, though. Just come down and train. We won't tell nice. nobody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, do you think this was the biggest fight in women's MMA? Uh, Cyborg and Nunez, not uh, obviously Anderson. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think it was – Like I have a feeling like it was most watched fight in a long time, like female fight in a long time. Um, and especially – she's the first female, no, that has a double belt now or no? I – at least in a major promotion yeah 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 so i think it was definitely a pretty popular women's fight and probably the most watched i think in a long time do you think that's more popular than um maybe ronda rousey's first uh pay-per-view fight headliner first pay-per-view fight for ufc um i think it would probably be pretty pretty equal to be honest i, I feel uh, I, I don't i know no numbers on this i'm just i have that feeling <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just as a woman in general, I wasn't like, I don't even mean like financially. I'm just, for women's MMA, something you're a huge proponent of. Do you think that's a, this is the biggest fight ever? Um, I don't think ever, no. But I think it, it really helped that Cyborg was so, so popular and she's like a veteran in this sport, right? Um, I think that definitely had a play and the fact that they're both Brazilian, I believe. So I could just imagine like what Brazil would have been like that kind of aspect, like having two really high-tier female athletes fighting on a promotion. So yeah, you don't see that I think it would have been really... You don't see that too often. I mean, Amanda Nuez called out Cyborg. That's crazy. Like, Brazilians never call each other out, but she did. She wasn't scared. I guess so, yes. <laughs> 
I was yeah, I was really shocked with that when I when I went on Facebook and seen that Cyborg got knocked out. I was like, no, no, that didn't happen. And I had to go like research and look for it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I watched the fight and I was like, man, those girls are throwing bombs. Yeah, and Nunez yeah. ate some bombs too, and she just kept coming she forward. She did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's very tough. I w- I would. Uh, I object to you that I think this might have been the biggest women's uh, MMA fight of all time because this is the first time men wanted to watch it, not to watch a pretty girl or not because it was a novelty. This was a real fight with really skilled female athletes. And I think this is the first time that women's MMA was given the respect that it deserves. These girls are fierce and they both put Mm -hmm. on shows better than the men most of the time, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah, I'm not sure if it, I would say that. Like, I would say it would probably be the same as, like, the Ronda Rousey and um, Liz fight. Like, the first, I would say it would be probably kind of equal to that. But I think now it has a lot more traction as well. So you're probably right. Like, it probably does have more and probably one of the most watched female fights in a long time. Right. I mean, the Ronda Rousey fights were huge, but it was just because Ronda Rousey was a star. It's not because it was a huge True. fight, I would think. And, I mean, even when yeah. she lost to Holly Holm, no one really knew who Holly Holm was, you know? But mm-hmm. everyone knows who Cyborg was, and everyone knows who Amanda Nunes was. And it was just mm-hmm. two f- f- amazing female athletes going at it. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, like, those girls, like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, when I was watching the fights, it was like, they were just throwing bombs so hard. I was like, oh, my God, I would never want to get hit by a fight. Like, that hard by those girls. <laughs> well, you're about to get in there and do that in uh, about a month or so. Well, two months, really. Yes. So <laughs> someone, like, equally my size. Those girls have <laughs> they've got about another 20 pounds on me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or more. Cyborg's, I heard she started fight week at 165 and cut down to 45. Yeah, I think so. She cuts, like, quite a bit, I believe. Yeah. Um, how much do you think is a good amount of weight to cut for women? I know... People always say that uh, women have a harder time cutting, and it's a true fact. I mean, a lot of people don't want to buy that, but women do have a harder time cutting weight. So how much do you think Absolutely. is a healthy amount of weight for uh, women to cut? Um, I like to keep it within the five pounds mark. So, like, I'm a month out, and I know I only have five pounds to go. Like, I can cut, eat healthy, train, and, like, know that I'm going to hit my mark kind of thing. So I try to, like, make it about a pound a week kind of thing. So you don't try That's and water, what I do. you don't try and water cut that. You try to walk around at your fight weight when you uh, actually get down to it. I do, yeah. Um, like I try to. Well, like right now I'm heavier, so like I'm not doing a drastic cut. But before, when I was 105, like I would walk around at like 110, kind of thing. And then again, I would only cut like five pounds for fight day. So. It hasn't really changed. I've never, I tried the water load once and it just went horrible bad for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that again. I do the water loading and I usually cut between like 15 and, and 20 pounds when I make 145. And uh, like, wow. I don't feel like I can really do that anymore. I, I, the last time I fought 45, I got knocked out, but I didn't feel right. Just felt like, um, like I didn't put the water back in right. And uh, so I've been fighting at 55 now and I, I feel great at 55. And uh, I don't nice. think that huge cut is, like, a good thing for women who do tend to retain water more. So water loading mm-hmm. isn't as effective, I don't think. Personally, for myself, it, it, it was not. And But then with, I'm also very, like, horrible at drinking water to begin with. Like, I can train all day and maybe drink one water bottle and be fine. <laughs> Like, kind of things. So, like, I just don't think my body functions well with water in the system. <laughs> 
Water loading is supposed to work because uh, you drink it long enough to release a hormone that makes you still uh, excrete the water after you um, you stop taking it in. So if you're not mm-hmm. drinking enough water before you start to water load, you're probably not going to make that hormone because your body's already probably pretty water deficient. Probably, yeah. Like I drink, I drink coffee. That's my water. <laughs> <laughs> so you're drying yourself intake. out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I remember, like, I've done, like, my black belt tests before, and it's, like, a three-hour training session, or even, like, just hard training sessions for for fight camps, and I'll drink, like, one tiny little water bottle throughout the entire time that I've been training. (laughs) So I think I'm just used to, like, being dehydrated 24-7, and my body just operates that way. (laughs) I think you have the working people problem. Like, you work so much, they need the caffeine to get to work done. (laughs) But uh, that may not be True. the most effective thing for you to fight. Maybe uh, probably not. No. Sometimes you should start seeing <laughs> a nutritionist. Now that you're a professional <laughs> fighting athlete. True. Yes, I do, I do need a good nutritionist if I'm gonna like amp it back up and go pro again. I'm definitely gonna need a nutritionist. <laughs> so anyone out there listening that is a nutritionist, uh, you know, maybe you could talk <laughs> to Amanda Rogers since that's what her boyfriend does, kind of. Uh, what? Oh yeah, I'm just. putting that out there for you maybe you could get some healthy eating tips and what to eat and drink and uh we actually when i had him on a podcast we talked a whole bunch about what you should eat and drink uh during fight week and all kinds of stuff so that might be another good one to listen to and you can hear how handsome his hair is you can hear it it's so handsome (laughs) perfect yeah i'll go listen to that for sure yeah um but i think that would really help you out absolutely most likely i i could use any help in that department I know, like, when it comes down to, like, I'm very, like, strict and, like, I'm only going to eat green vegetables and I only eat, like, lean meats and stuff like that. And I try to, like, cut out the carbs, but I don't really, like, eat, like, or it's, like, I don't cut that much because I know I only have five pounds to go. So I think that's always, like, I'm comfortable in that that setting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to do what's comfortable. You're only two months out, but for the next camp, you should probably look into uh, fixing up a little bit. Yes. Yeah, great success. Going back down. Yeah, great success, but you're moving up levels now. I mean, people want to see you fight. You're putting on exciting fights. You're a great striker. Let's talk about your training camp a little bit. Um, what have you, what are you what is your training camp looking like this time and and how much are you training and how much are you working? How's that all balancing out for you? Well, I'm cleaning about 30 houses a week and then I work at Badax every Friday, Saturday night, so I'm putting in, like, another 15 hours with them, and then Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays are, like, dedicated for training. I try to make Thursdays, but Thursdays are normally just a shit show for me, (laughs) Um, but I try to fit in at least, like, three to five hours on those first three days of the week kind of thing, and Sundays. We're starting to do Sundays as well now. Man, Sundays are killer. my training, my training partners. We are there's only three of us at the gym that fight MMA, and then we have a um, a high level black belt, two high level black belts that train us for jujitsu for our MMA fighting. Good thing you got a, a jujitsu boyfriend at home. You can drill on at home at nighttime if you need yes. to. <laughs> True, that's you. <laughs> there you go. That's important stuff. Uh, how much do you think a, a athlete should spar uh, leading up to a fight? Do you think you should be sparring all the time, once a week, a couple of times a week? What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I only try to spar at least once a week kind of thing. Maybe twice a week. Like, probably the next, like, three, four weeks, I will be doing 
um, like probably twice a week for sparring. But like after that, like just to like keep yourself active, it would only be like once a week kind of thing. Um, I don't believe in sparring all the time just because you're constantly taking hits and those hits over the time period can definitely do some damage. Yeah, you're sounding uh, pretty smart right now. So it's probably a good thing that you don't get hit too much. Cause, uh, exactly. <laughs> you got a lot of good things going on in your life. Uh, are you still writing? I know you were talking about becoming a writer and, and doing some stuff uh, social media-wise related to MMA. How has that been going for you? Um, I definitely, like, I'm in the process of writing a book. It's more for my cleaning company. I figured I would get that one done and out of the way first. It's basically, like, a how-to clean professionally kind of thing. And it's going to be, like, this glorified, glamorous cookbook looking thing but for cleaning <laughs> that's my plan <laughs> that sounds that's good that's how it looks in my head <laughs> i love how you always you've been posting a lot of tips on how to clean stuff too yes yeah so i'm basically taking a lot of those things and i'm putting it more into an instruction instruction setting book and like how to like go through and do an express clean like you would go through and just do like a quick 15 minute cleanup and like leave your house looking spectacular kind of thing like little things like that and tips and tricks and like how to maintain and set little habits for yourself when you're cleaning you should also write a book on how to manage time i think you do a great job managing your time yes. <laughs> i love Thank the you. notes that you write for yourself this is like so inspiring you have your day broken down by hours and then what's going on I have in an to, hour i've December has been like so crazy with me this Christmas for like getting all the houses cleaning and trying to train for my fights. Like I've had my days like planned down to the minute and I was like, okay, I have 15 minutes to get from here to the gym <laughs> kind of thing. So like if I do not leave the house at this exact point, I'm going to be late. <laughs> so when you do that, do you, uh, when do you make your list? Do you do it uh, like at nighttime or do it in the morning? I do it like once a week for every day. Almost. So, like, Sundays are my day that I, like, prep everything, and I'm like, okay, so I have to go to this house, this house, this house today. I have to be at the gym at this point. Okay, I'm teaching kickboxing here at this time, and I basically just, like, break it all down. And then if I do it a week in advance, I kind of figured out where I've screwed up when booking during that week as well, and I can, like, call a client and be like, hey, like, I'm going to be an extra 30 minutes kind of thing or whatever the case may be. I got you. I, the way you do it is, is amazing. If you follow uh, Ashley on uh, social media, you can see her list that she posts every now and then. It's pretty cool that it's like broken down like hour by hour. I wish I could be that organized. <laughs> I'm never that organized. <laughs> I ha like Honestly, I have to be. Like, I've tried using my cell phone to like break it down and do everything, and I just find it doesn't work for me. Like I'm a pen and paper kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, I try with my phone too, and my phone's always beeping. I don't even know what's going on. I just gave up on it. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not smart enough to figure it out, I don't think. <laughs> too much head trauma. <laughs> too much head trauma? Yeah, <laughs> too much head trauma. I, I can't figure it out. My kid would probably program it for me. Speaking, right? yeah. <laughs> speaking of kids, I know you were very involved over uh, with Jay Kelly and, and uh, Diamond MMA or whatever. With the kids program, mm -hmm. are you still uh, involved with the kids program where you're at now? Not so much because it, they're very bilingual up here. They're mostly French, so I'm not as French as I would like to be. And that's it's really hard for me to like interact with, with the kids because they haven't learned English yet. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you, so. <laughs> do you miss it? or It's a little hard. Do you miss it? Um, I love working with kids. Yeah, I love working with kids. And it's 
something that I think, like me and my boyfriend, we have been like talking about opening our own gym like later on in the future. But that's like a really big thing that I want to be a part of is I love teaching kids, but I have to become bilingual first in order to do that here. <laughs> yeah, you you, uh, you got along with the kids so well when we uh, when I was up uh, commentating that show with Jay Kelly. Uh, every mm-hmm. one of those kids just loved you, and they would like some of those girls, little <laughs> girls would have been willing to die for you. And I was just so amazed oh, at know. the rapport that you had with them. And uh, I know, yeah, I miss all those girls for sure. Like that was a really hard part about moving up here too. It was like I, I was, I have some of their parents on like Snapchat, and I'm always like sending them Snapchats back and forth. And <laughs> <laughs> I can see that you, you're something special when it comes to working with kids and uh if you can in the future i would definitely learn some french so you can work with some kids or maybe move you know back down more south so you and your boyfriend can start a gym where you can actually interact with the kids exactly yeah for sure that's definitely something to think about (laughs) awesome well um before we get out of here why don't you give up all the plugs on your social media so if we want to follow you where should we look for you on twitter yeah, um, so Instagram is where I'm most popular on. I have um, my one account, which is Little MMA Bikini Girl, which is all my athletics and axe-throwing stuff. Um, and then I have my Diamond Cleaning Ontario account, which is the cleaning. And then you can find me on Facebook at Ashley Letourneau-Athlete. Okay, make sure you guys yeah. do that. And also... <laughs> Where can we find the fights uh, in the States or if we're not local to Montreal, where can we find the fights? Is there a stream or anything for it? Um, I will check in to see if I can find you guys a stream. If not, you can probably just follow. I'll have like somebody like live stream it on Facebook and you guys can watch through there. I'll All make right. sure I get you go hooked up with it. <laughs> Sounds good. I was trying to pump you out. So a lot of times uh, with these organizations that are a little bit bigger, you can sell the stream like under the athlete name. Mm-hmm. So it'll make you a couple extra bucks. I was trying to make you a couple extra bucks. Oh, yeah. smart. So, so don't give away for free if you can uh, make okay. some money on it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'll think about that. All right. There's, there's something for you to think about. Thank you awesome. for your time, Thank Ashley. You. Uh, I miss you. Not a problem. Hopefully, uh, I miss you guys too. Hopefully, you come out and uh, have some crazy shenanigans with man so I can hear about. And, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'll drag the boyfriend down. Sounds great. <laughs> he would love to meet Mans and Gray Hendershot. Nice. He's uh, yeah, absolutely. super accomplished brown belt. There's a lot of places to train down here. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, we'll see you soon. If not, I'll be watching, trying to get the free stream and not pay for it. But if I have to, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll pay for the stream to to watch you fight. Perfect. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Good luck and talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Cape Man. No problem. Have a great one. (laughs) You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That was Ashley Letourneau. You need to work on her marketing skills a little bit. She's a great marketer for her cleaning business and all kinds of stuff. But we need to work on the fight business a little bit. Just kidding, Ashley. You're doing a great job. Um... Check her out, Bikini Girl. Probably going to be a great show. If you want to carpool down with Mans, I'm sure Mans would be happy to take a group of crazy bastards down with her to uh, see the show. And every ticket we sell helps Ashley out a little bit. And Ray didn't make it, so I guess I got to do the close. Coming to you live from the Caveman Studios in North Buffalo, Caveman's Corner is out of here. <laughs>